It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures right here on FM 99.1, the sports animal. My name is Josh Ward. I appreciate you being here this evening as we have a busy hour ahead before the Big Orange Hotline will take over coming up at 8 o'clock right here on the Sports Animal. At 7.30, Eric Kane will take over with producing the facts. He'll talk about Tennessee's win over UAB and the Vols moving forward. I'll be talking recruiting here over the next half hour with Jesse Simonton of AllQuest stopping by the show coming up in just a few minutes. A freshman focus in segment number two. You will hear from Eric Gray, the freshman Tennessee running back who scored his first touchdown against UAB this past week. And a thought on a few freshmen who will continue to play big roles here in the next three weeks for Tennessee, three weeks and beyond, as Tennessee hopes to get to the postseason. Tennessee needs to win two of the next three. They'd love to win all three to get to 7-5, and five, but two out of the next three would secure a bowl bid for Tennessee for the first time since 2016. I'll get to all of that right here on Football Futures, here every Monday evening from 7 to 7.30. I want to welcome to the show now Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. He's covering what's going on with Tennessee football on the field as well as on the recruiting trail. And, Jesse, a lot of the focus this week will be on Jay Hardy's announcement on Wednesday. You and I have talked about him a bunch, a defensive lineman from down in Chattanooga. He will make his announcement on Wednesday between Auburn and Tennessee. What do you think as it comes down to those two schools? Yeah, Jay's playing things close to the vest. Uh, you know, as we are here, I guess, you know, a little less than 48 hours from a decision. So I, I, I do think all the vibes around Tennessee and having spent time around Jay and kind of knowing some of the details of his recruitment, I think that Tennessee remains in a great spot there. Auburn, uh, you know, tried not to make sure that door was closed this weekend, getting Hardy on campus uh, for his official visit up there. But Hardy's been pushed by the fact that he's buddies with guys like Keyshawn Lawrence and Cooper Mays in this class who, who have really pined for him to join uh, what's going on at Tennessee. And then the fact that, you know, he just has family ties to Tennessee that are pretty strong, um, and I think that's helped as well. I think he's also a guy that uh, probably had, has had a decision made a little bit longer than some might think. Now, you know, this is recruiting. Things can be fluid. There's always surprises, but I think right now Tennessee feels – pretty darn good about where they stand um, with a big, you know, priority prospect. You know, he's an in-state kid. He's a 300-pound defensive lineman. You can't have enough of those. Uh, he's been banged up when he got kind of a cheap shot at earlier this season, but he's playing on a good Macaulay team. He's hoping to come back and kind of help them for the playoffs. So it would be a nice addition um, for Tennessee's 2020 class for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, with Jay as well as Tyler Barron. We've talked about those two guys a lot. Tyler's at Knoxville Catholic School. Uh, how big of a priority have those two guys been, starting with Jay, I guess, since his, uh, his announcement's coming up, to Tennessee's coaching staff? Oh, they've been th – th those are guys that, you know, when Tennessee kind of created their board, which is fluid, and we can talk about some new names that were on campus just this weekend here shortly. But those those two guys particular uh, – or in particular, Josh, I mean, they've been guys that Tennessee staff has coveted really since day one. Um, you know, and it's not the fact that – uh, Tyler Barron's dad works on the staff and, and Patrick Abernathy. It's the fact that, you know, he's an athletic defensive lineman, defensive end type. Hardy's a bigger player, more of a, no, uh, a nose or, a, 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 you know, five technique, three technique uh, type of guy. So it, it, they're, they're in-state linemen. They're 300-plus they're pounds. 
um, guys who, t- who Tennessee believes is capable of really kind of helping reshape what this front seven looks like in the future. So they've been guys that Tennessee's really chased and gone after hard, you know, ever since this 2020 class has kind of started to evolve. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. And uh, you're right, the board does evolve and you get guys on campus. Uh, thoughts on guys getting to campus this past weekend for UAB weekend at Tennessee? Yeah, so obviously, you know, Darnell Washington was, was the biggest name, and he's a, another guy that's been on the board since day one. I mean, Brian Niedermeyer has done a great job there with Tennessee. He comes here unofficially, which certainly I think caught some people by surprise. He's been here unofficially several times already this year, uh, so he still has an official visit to take. And, and right now Tennessee's pegged to get that final official visit before the early signing period, uh, that last uh, that middle weekend in December. Uh, and Tennessee, you know, they're the, the right in the mix there with, with some heavy hitters. Georgia, who Darnell really likes and really is close with Todd Hartley, their tight ends coach. Alabama, where he'll be next weekend on official visit. Oregon's kind of entered the picture. Uh, Florida's also there. But th- th- Darnell's going to play in the SEC. I would be very surprised if he opts to not um, leave Nevada and come down south and play in the SEC. The question is, you know, which – which powerhouse program will it be? Well, you know, can Tennessee kind of beat out some of these big boys? I think they have a good shot. Um, right now, I would probably still give the slight edge to Georgia, but Brian Niedermeyer, the fact that, you know, has really bonded with Darnell Washington's mom and, and family, um, I think that's important. I think Darnell feels comfortable here, which is why he continues to visit. So we'll see what happens after that final official visit, but he certainly was the headliner of really a, a nice crop of visitors considering it was homecoming, UAB, uh, you know, not exactly a marquee game, but they got two couple guys on campus that have certainly, as this board has changed, um, have become, I think, interesting targets for the Vols. One of them is Desmond Tisdale, a kid from Georgia. Can play a number of positions. I guess they're kind of recruiting him as an athlete right now, uh, but probably projects as an inside linebacker. Auburn and South Carolina were like the perceived favorites for a while for him. Both of those schools are still in the mix. There's some academic questions about Tisdale, but if he can get that kind of uh, short up and he has some time because um, I don't think he's going to sign early uh, at least as of right now if he can kind of get some of that stuff short up I think Tennessee uh, as well as Auburn and South Carolina are going to make a big push there and then another guy is an Alabama native uh, RJ Reginald Perry um, huge kid 6'8 about 300 pounds can play defensive line I think Tennessee's kind of again just looking at him as a lineman in general you know which side of the ball could he play not sure, but projects it at minimum as just another kind of space eater as a defensive tackle. Kentucky and Ole Miss and some others kind of in the mix there, but Tennessee uh, has evaluated his senior film and really likes what it's seen. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. With Darnell Washington, is it fair to say he's the most obtainable big fish that's there on Tennessee's board, depending on how you kind of view that description, but among the, the most elite players, he would be at the top of the, the list of guys that Tennessee has a shot at? Without a question, without a question. I mean, I think that, you know, I, you can't say the ship's totally sailed, but it's pretty much sailed um, for Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, I think Alabama is going to be LSU's biggest kind of challenger there. You know, I think they might still get a visit from Noah Sewell, but I think that's a Georgia-Oregon deal. Um, and, and the Ducks have, I think, kind of reemerged there uh, a, a little bit. Um, and, and then, you know, there's some others in Dallas, Savelle Smalls is obviously committed to Washington. There's a few others that I just think that Tennessee, with the way it started, and, and although it's playing better now, um, I think they just kind of lost some traction with. So, obviously, Eric Gilbert committed elsewhere. So, Darnell remains that kind of white whale, but one that's potentially attainable, unlike several of the aforementioned guys. Yeah, and Jesse, right now, 
we're six, seven weeks away from the early signing period. So what happens in the 20 classes uh, of the greatest importance and, and gets most of the talk? But 2021 is a big focus for Tennessee's coaching staff. The quarterback position would be included in that conversation. How, how have things gone? What does that look like recently for Tennessee recruiting the 2021 class? Well, they had a bunch of, you know, kind of impressive visitors here from that class. Again, that was probably aside from Darnell and Tisdall, um, probably some of the more marquee names in terms of recruiting that were on campus this weekend, including a couple, uh, you know, so it's kind of the tight end group, which is not, not surprising, Josh, that you saw Jim Chaney dialing up more passes to the tight ends on Saturday than he had, <laughs> you know, any time all season, because not only did you have five-star Darnell Washington in town, but you had Jake Brighamstool, who's, who's a 2021 four-star. Um, he's, a, he's out at Ravenwood, kind of looks like Ivan Drago, super nice kid long already about six six you know his coach just kind of says he has some gronk like qualities um and then you also had hudson wolf who's another in-state guy he's visited everywhere tennessee alabama georgia clemson bunch of these schools he's a top 50 prospect in the in the next class um he's a guy that at least has some you know tennessee ties likes tennessee a lot so those were two impressive guys they also had terrence ferguson offensive tackle eli sutton an in-state four-star offensive tackle cody brown one of the better um, running backs in the 2021 class. So a big, nice uh, contingent of, of underclassmen on campus. Now the one position that you kind of teased that's missing there is the quarterback spot. And kind of like the pass rusher spot for Tennessee's 2020 class, it does kind of remain a black hole, I think, um, in terms just of Tennessee's available options right now. Again, the quarterback position is a little bit different uh, than kind of everything else in college football recruiting because it's so accelerated. You see guys jump in early, not only to kind of uh, become the figurehead of the class like Harrison Bailey did uh, uh, on November ago uh, for Tennessee, but it, it's really about there's only so many spots. I mean, you, you see that's why there's so many quarterback transfers, so many quarterback movements. So several of Tennessee's you know early targets are already off the board. Five-star Brock Vandergriff is committed to Oklahoma. Jake Garcia, who visited here this spring, is committed to Southern Cal. Maybe that's one Tennessee could get back in on, you know, if Clay Helton, if there's a move there. Drake May, North Carolina kid, ends up going to Alabama. Um, and then Eli Sowers stays in Texas. It goes to Texas A&M. So several, the dominoes are already falling fast. And the one guy who is still out there for Tennessee, they had him on campus a couple weeks ago from the Mississippi State game, former Canadian, or he is a Canadian, but he doesn't play in, in Canada anymore, moved to a school, um, Bullis School in, in Maryland, just outside D.C. Christian Ballou is a guy the staff likes a lot. He's been to town a couple times, um, 6'3", about 200 pounds. You know, he's probably the number one guy right now, Josh, um, but there are others still out there. Jake Rubley is a Colorado kid. Um, but that's a spot that I think Tennessee would like to kind of figure out, you know, especially at minimum, really, as we kind of maybe exit the early signing period enter that January, February time. I think they'd really like to have a guy kind of in the mix by then. Hey, Jesse, before you go on the field for Tennessee, you have three games remaining, Tennessee's four and five going into the Kentucky game on Saturday. I'm not going to hold you to this, but any thoughts as to how Tennessee might handle the quarterback position in the next three games over the next four weeks? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of wrote, I had my, my, my post-game column on Saturday was, was kind of about um, – you know, Garantano's new rule or, or new role, excuse me, just, you know, it's kind of, he's basically become Jeremy Pruitt's go-to reliever. Uh, and it's, you know, they're they're operating with this almost like 
major league, you know, you, you're a big baseball guy, Josh. They're like the Tampa Bay Rays or the Open A's where they're, you know, they're doing like the reverse starter deal yeah. um, with the way they've done it with Jawan and JT Shroud the last few weeks. So I'm not sure if it's going to be that aggressive moving forward because I do think that Maurer's health has kind of been um, the, the, you know, the, the, the void that's kind of been there the last couple of weeks. If Maurer is, is, is truly back this this weekend at Kentucky, I would expect him to, to play a decent amount uh, to even a lot. But I don't think, uh, you know, number two is going to be eliminated from this deal at all. I think the fact that Pruitt continues to speak about Garantano's veteran presence, the fact that he knows how to get them in and out of um, poor plays in the run game, I think that seems to be an important uh, deal for Jeremy Pruitt and this offensive staff. And so, Right now, if I'm betting, I would take the over two and a half probably every game <laughs> yeah. just because you know Jawan's going to get a couple goal line uh, carries. I mean, he probably should, frankly, with the way Tennessee's red zone offense has been. He probably should be a guy that gets some goal line carries in the Wildcat. And then I think, you know, J.G. and Maurer are probably going to um, both see series, and it's probably going to be dependent ultimately, Josh, on which guy's playing better in that particular game. Yeah, odds makers are going to start moving that number to three, three and a half. They're going to start correcting here soon based on how the, the last few weeks have gone. But I, I think you're right in what you just said. Jesse Simonton, read his work, volquest.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Good stuff covering Tennessee on the field and on the recruiting trail. Jesse, thanks for the time as always. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Josh. Jesse Simonton of volquest.com. Coming up next, hear from Tennessee freshman Eric Gray as he discusses his first career touchdown, and the relationship he has with several of his teammates who were very happy for Eric to get into the end zone. I think you'll see more of that from him in the future, a look at where Tennessee is in the recruiting rankings, and thoughts on several newcomers who have played big roles for Tennessee here in their first seasons in Knoxville. That's coming up next on Football Futures with Producing the Facts coming up at 7.30 here on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. The future of college football. Now, back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name's Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening. Eric Kane's going to take over coming up at 7.30 right here on FM 99.1, the sports animal. You can always podcast the show in the podcast section of the WNML app or the website, 991thesportsanimal.com. Sam Foreman producing the show We'll get that up for you as soon as it finishes coming up at 7.30. And here in the second segment of the show, I wanted to take a freshman focus as we talk about the future. Well, the freshmen are a big part of that, including those guys who are out there playing and playing pretty big roles this season. Henry Toho Toho has been a starter since day one at inside linebacker and has played a really important role on, on the defense. Without Toho Toho, Tennessee would have been in real trouble, I think, on the defensive side. And we've seen some guys develop. Uh, this past week, J.J. Peterson and Solon Page got a good amount of playing time. I think that's good for Tennessee's defense moving forward here through the end of the season. Toa Toa is a guy is a true freshman who is going to help lead the way. This time next year, we might be talking about him as Tennessee's best player. That's a possibility. Daniel Batuli helps lead the defense right now. But Toa Toa is going to take on, I think, a lot of that responsibility next year with Batuli gone after this season. Daryl Taylor moves on as well, so Quavars Crouch next year will be an even more important player for Tennessee on the defensive side. So at linebacker, you've seen Toa Toa, you've seen Quavars Crouch play a good amount, Crouch getting some time at running back as well. On the offensive line, Wanya Morris would like to get this past Saturday back. That is something for him to build on, though. So 
that's something Tennessee will continue to work on. I, I think going into the Kentucky game, how Tennessee's offensive line will play is one of the biggest factors for Tennessee to go pull off the win in Lexington. But Morrison than Darnell Wright, who's been dealing with injury, have been bright spots overall for Tennessee. And then a guy who came on the scene early was Eric Gray. I thought that he would probably play a bigger role within the offense based on the usage of Gray in the first few weeks of the season. But the way that Chandler, Ty Chandler, and Tim Jordan have played, they've been able to hold on to their positions, I think because of what they're able to do running the ball, receiving, and also in pass protection. That's really important. But Gray is still a guy that's going to do a lot, I think, at Tennessee and will make more plays and will have a better understanding of everything that he's supposed to do at running back for Tennessee. He did score his first career touchdown this past weekend against UAB as a receiver. And he's a guy that I think will probably be heavily involved as a receiver as time goes on at Tennessee. But Eric Gray was asked after the game on Saturday about his touchdown and about the celebration with a bunch of teammates there to help celebrate with Eric after he got into the end zone for the first time as of all. Listen to what Eric said about that, about scoring the touchdown and his teammates being there and being happy for him when he did it. Because we always talked about it, even with the linemen, they're like, you got to get in checkerboard. You got to get in checkerboard. And I finally got in there. You see everybody run over there. Me and Trey had a little celebration where we shook hands with each other. So it was amazing. Are you surprised it took this long? I mean, you, you're a guy that set the state record for touchdowns in high school. I'm sure you kind of expected to get there before at this point, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was just about trusting the process. I felt out, um, tonight was a great night to get my first one. I, I wouldn't uh, change a thing. Tennessee running back Eric Gray, he was a big get in the 2019 class, a high school All-American out of Memphis, as Tennessee has continued its recruiting Memphis with three players from Whitehaven High School committing recently, and the Vols are pursuing other guys in that area, including Amari Thomas from Briarcrest. So uh, Eric Gray, his first career touchdown this past weekend with today's freshman focus. Expect more touchdowns from him in the future. Tennessee has put together a pretty solid group of running backs with Chandler Jordan and Eric Gray and uh, you know that should be the case next year. We'll see what else they have at that position. Tennessee is recruiting the junior college ranks to find some running back help, and T. Hodges committed from Maryville in the 2020 class. When you look at the recruiting rankings for 2020, Tennessee is 21st according to 247 Sports and 23rd according to Rivals. If Tennessee's able to land Jay Hardy on Wednesday, Tennessee will move up in the recruiting rankings as well. There are a n- number of big names. Obviously, Darnell Washington a five-star prospect would create a big impact on the recruiting rankings for Tennessee. But Tennessee is in on several players who are well thought of, who are uh, pretty highly ranked. And if you add those to the list, Tennessee will jump some schools that don't have as high of an average star ranking as Tennessee, but do have more commitments, which gives you a bit of a leg up in the recruiting rankings. Obviously, outside the 20s in the ranking, you have work to do. Now, uh, Tennessee on the field has some work to do. Jeremy Pruitt was asked by Eric Kane at his press conference earlier today about the improvement from Tennessee on the field the last few weeks and how that has helped them in recruiting. And listen to the answer here. There really is no answer to the recruiting part of the question, but uh, Jeremy Pruitt, when asked about the improvement, how it's helped Tennessee, this is what he said. You know, um, I I don't know how much we played better Saturday than we played back at the beginning of the year. You know, we just there's if you turn the ball over um, three and four times a game, you're not going to beat anybody, which is what we did early in the year. If you give up 65 yard passes with 20 seconds on the clock, you're not going to beat anybody. You know, we we at times um, 
we've continued to improve this year, uh, and we're going to work hard to do that. We've got to finish, right? Uh, that's the goal, to improve every game. Um, so we have a huge challenge this week. Uh, our kids know that. Um, you know, we're excited for the opportunity. Uh, we have yet to win a game on the road, uh, you know, which is a mark of a good football team is being able to go on the road and win football games, and we have yet to do that. Uh, so we have a whole lot to prove uh, as coaches, as players, everybody associated in our program, you know. So uh, then we'll have an opportunity to do it Saturday night. So Jeremy Pruitt just wants to talk about the work that Tennessee still has to do on the field. And from his perspective, I get that. I will argue that Tennessee looks better right now than it did in at the start of the season, especially that first game. Well, Tennessee did some good things. Tennessee had a lead in the fourth quarter it should have been able to hold on to. But 10 seconds to go, the Vols were trailing by 15 points to Georgia State. This past Saturday, the game was never in doubt, and Tennessee won by 23 points, holding UAB to a late touchdown to beat the Blazers 30-7. to I think Tennessee's better right now than it was eight weeks ago. But that mindset that Jeremy Pruitt probably has, I think that's the right one. And, and I do think on the recruiting trail, Tennessee's coaches have brought up the improvement to the recruits and said, if you join us, we can take another step forward, and that's what they're trying to do. So Tennessee against Kentucky will be a very important game for the Vols, both for the record, the standings of where Tennessee is moving forward this season, and on the recruiting trail. You get to 5-5, five and five, you're a win away from getting to bowl eligibility, and what a position that is for Tennessee considering that 0-2 start against Georgia State and BYU. That's something Tennessee will take out on the recruiting trail. Football Futures is here every Monday night at 7 o'clock. Producing the facts is next right here on FM 99.1, the sports.